Hello, and thanks for joining us on the Christian Celebration Center podcast. Our prayer is that this audio will encourage you in Christ and challenge you from God's word. Enjoy the message. Tonight, I have a word entitled, Believe, Seeing What's Not There. Believe, Seeing What's Not There. Believe, Seeing What's Not There. And I got to tell you, I'm, I'm begging God that I can articulate my thoughts and my emotions because I'm so excited on the inside. I said to somebody today, um, the reason why I jump around and the reason why I move around is, is because I have this passion and this desire to communicate God's truth in such a way that people just get it. Like, I cannot contain it. It's like bubbling up in me. Like, if I could, I would probably just run around and kind of let the energy go. Come on now. Because I just want people to get it. I want, I want the light bulb to go off. I want it to click. I want marriages to have hope. I want people that are stuck in addictions to see those things fall. I want those who are chained and bound to see victory. That's what I desire. And so everything in me wants to get that out in Jesus' name because I know that's what God wants to do. So tonight I want to give you a word. If you're taking notes, uh, Lord bless you because I'm going to be Speedy Gonzalez today in Jesus' name. The title is Believe, Seeing Something, Seeing What's Not There. And I'm going to ask you to turn in your Bibles to 2 Kings. To 2 Kings, we're going old school. We're going to the Old Testament. And I want to tell you of a word. Once again, I'm coming in the role of an evangelist, so it's not my job to to exegete so much, but it's just to preach the word of God, to give revelation and truth, to speak uh, his words of prophecy, if that's what he desires. We go from there. So this is 2 Kings chapter 6. 2 Kings chapter 6. All right. 2 Kings chapter 6. If you're with me, say amen. All right. You're going to have to jump in your Bibles with me. I'm reading from the NIV. Slide your finger down to the 8th verse. And the word of the Lord says this. Thank you so much. Your team is so awesome, man. You guys are so awesome. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Now, the king of Aram was at war with Israel. After conferring with his officers, he said, I'll set up my camp in such and such place. <laughs> in such and such place. Watch this. It says this in verse 9. The man of God sent word to the king of Israel. Beware of passing that place because the Armenians, right? Arameans, it says, excuse me, the Arameans are going down there. Verse 10, so that the king of Israel checked on that place indicated by the man of God. Time and again, Elisha warned the king so that he was on his guard in such places. Watch this. It says this in verse 11. This enraged the king of Aram. This enraged him because every time he wanted to attack or get them, God's people had already known of what he was trying to do. His plans would be foiled. It says this, he summoned all his officers, his officers and demanded of them, tell me which of us is on the side of the king of Israel? None of us, my lord, the king, said one of his officers, but Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the very words you speak, check this out, in your bedroom. Now that's some, kind of, that's some kind of anointing. Come on now. Can you imagine somebody telling your business what you do in your bedroom? Come on now. Touch your neighbor. Come on now. I mean, they tell me what I'm doing in my, bath, in my bedroom. I'm like, okay, guess what? I'm listening. Come on now. In Jesus' name. Watch this. Let me just set this up. It says this in verse 13. 
go find out where he is, the king ordered, so I can send men and capture him. The report came back. He is in Dothan, the word of God says, verse 14. Then he sent horses and chariots and a strong force there. They went by night and surrounded the city. I just want you to get the singing. We're in Midland, and the prophet is here, and now these individuals are circling the city, the Bible says. Watch this. It says this in verse 15. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots has surrounded the city. So the servant of the man of God gets up early and he sees that they are surrounded by the popo. Come on now. Can I use that? Is that okay if I use that? Some of y'all get it. Come on now. That's just how I just like to have them. Come on. Surrounded by the popo. Watch this. In Jesus' name. I'm so glad my wife is not here. Come on now. I definitely would have got it. Come on now. Come on. <laughs> oh, no, my Lord. What shall we do? The servant asked. Oh, no. Watch this. Verse 16. Don't be afraid. The prophet answered. Listen to this. Listen to this. You see it highlighted on the screen. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. I can already preach right there. Beloved, you think you fight this battle by yourself? I'm already telling you, those who are with you are more than those who are with them. You think that you're the only one in the job dealing with this craziness, and I'm telling you, you're not. God is with you. His help it's with you. It's right there. He goes on and says this, verse 17. And Elijah prayed, watch this, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Open his eyes, Lord, that he may see. I'm going to say that again. Open his eyes that he may see. I want you to check this out. I want you to understand this. He says this, then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. He couldn't, his servant could not see what was going on in the spiritual because he was looking in the natural. I'm going to say this to somebody starting right now. Some of the issues that you're dealing with, there are issues for you because you're fighting them in the natural realm when it's a spiritual battle. You can't fight spiritual battles with natural means. What you say, what you doing going now? I'm saying to you, bro, I'm saying to you, champ, listen, what's happening in the natural isn't necessarily what God is doing in the spiritual. So we need to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to us what he's doing on the spiritual end of things so it may affect the natural end of things. Let me go and say it again. Let me say it this way because some of you are like, what are you talking about? Okay, let me say it this way. I know that what's happening to me isn't God's desire for me, especially when it's not in his will. So the battle isn't against the people or the person. The battle, as we know, is in the spiritual realm. There's a greater contention for your life, for your faith, for your obedience, for your marriage, for your purity, all those things. It's a contention in the spiritual realm for those things. And Elisha helps his servant to see what he can't see in the natural. He says this, watch this. Verse 18 says it like this. As the army came down towards him, Elijah prayed to the Lord. Watch this. Strike this army 
with blindness. Mm. I love this. Watch this. He prayed to the Lord, strike this army with blindness. Watch this. So he, that is God, struck them with blindness as Elijah had asked. Now, I don't know if you catch this, but what I noticed is this. Is he asked God to do something, and God actually did it. He asked God, listen, strike them with blindness, and this is exactly what God did. I don't know about you, beloved, but I want to be in a place with my relationship with God that when I ask God to do something, he does it. What level of relationship must I have with God in order to ask him of these things, and he actually does it? This is why this morning was so important. That as I spend more time with him, as I get to know God's nature, character, and will, I get to understand how he works, how he functions, how he sees things. I'll say it like this. If you st- My mom used to say this stuff. If you hang around with dogs, you will catch their, you will catch their, come on, y'all, you will catch their. Some of y'all don't know what my mama said, so let me help you. If you hang around with dogs, you catch their fleas. In other words, you catch their nature. Come on now. The Bible even says, listen, don't be, don't be, don't be surprised. <laughs> Bad company corrupts good character. So who you're around and what you're around starts to affect you. What are you saying tonight? I'm saying to you this, that God is trying to show us that if we are in this place of relationship with him, we can ask him of things that's already within his will and he'll do it. This is clearly what God wanted to do. Why, why do you know that, Corey? Now watch this. Strike this army with blindness. So he struck them with blindness as Elijah asked. Verse 19, Elijah told them, this is not the road and this is not the city. Follow me and I will lead you to the man you are looking for. And he led them to Samaria. Now, like, get the picture. They first came to attack him. Now he's leading them. If that isn't a turnaround, what is? Like, instead of them Hurting me, now I'm leading them. Come on now. Watch this. It gets even better, though. It gets even better. Watch this. Verse 20. Verse 20, I want you to see this. It says this. As they entered the city, Elijah said, Lord, open the eyes of these men so that they can see. First he prays that God would, would blind them. Now he's asking God, reverse what you have done. Now watch this. It gets even crazy. Then the Lord opened their eyes And they looked, and there they were inside Samaria. Verse 21 says it like this. When the king of of Israel, watch this. When the king of Israel saw them, he asked Elijah, shall I kill them, my father? These people who have been a thorn in my flesh, should I deal with them? I got them right where I want them. Watch this. Watch this. This is so good. He says this. Shall I kill them? says this in verse 22, do not kill them, he said. Would you kill those you have captured with your own sword or bow? Watch this. Set food and water before them. Mm-hmm. Did y'all catch that? Instead of killing them, you place some food and water before them. Because the word of God says, come on now, the word of God says, you will prepare a table before me and my enemies. Come on now. So God is trying to say to them, look, I got this. Set food and water before them so that they may eat and drink and then go back 
to their master. Let's wrap this thing up right here. Verse 23, it says this. So he prepared a great feast for them. And after they had finished eating and drinking, he sent them away and they returned to their master. So the bands from Aram stopped raiding Israel's territory. They were a thorn in the flesh. And instead of def- killing them off, they served them. And that's how the issue stopped. What I want you to know is this, beloved. What I want you to know is this. Just let me put this cake in the oven. And when it comes out, you're going to want a slice. Come on now. Let me put this cake in the oven. Watch this. Get this, beloved. What the servant couldn't see, Elijah helped him to see. Yet this wasn't about his eyes. It was a faith issue. This was a faith thing. When we read this story, many people focus on him not seeing, but I'm here to tell you tonight, this wasn't about his eyes, his physical sight. This was about the condition of his faith. God was working the servant's faith to get to a whole nother level. He was trying to teach his servant. Elisha was trying to teach the servant how to see things that wasn't there. He was trying to teach him to believe God at a level that even though it's not happening right in front of him or he doesn't see it, he would be able to see it from a whole nother level. Listen, church, we should thank God for those that believe and see what the Lord is actually doing in and around us. The Lord has placed people in our path. Let me say it like this. The Lord has placed people in your path that can see some things that you can't see. How many of you are are parents here? If you're a parent, raise your hand. Watch this. I bet you can see some things for your children that your children can't see. Come on now. But if that's the case for us towards our children, how much more us towards God and God towards us? He can see things, sweetie, that you can't see. And he places people in your path so that he can direct you in such a way that you will avoid a lot of calamity, a lot of trouble. Well, what does that really mean, Cornell? God is trying to teach us as his children that if we would place our faith in him, our belief in him, we would see miracles happen all the time. I want to tell you this. As I was a kid growing up, my mom, Miss Merlin Jordan, had nine kids, as I told you this morning. And she taught us many, many lessons. Many lessons. And one of the lessons that she taught us was, being able, was that of being able to see something that didn't exist, but she know would come to us. I want to give you an example. All of tonight is based on something that my mom taught me. It's going to blow your mind when you see it. I want to take you way from Midland to Cleveland, Ohio in just a second, okay? In just a second, you're going to take a road trip with me from Midland to Cleveland. Anybody okay with that? Come on now. Just wave your hand, because I'm going to take you there. Watch this. Why are you saying that? I want to tell you the vision my mom spoke of. I want to tell you the vision that my mom spoke of. Listen, my mom in the early 90s had finished working for Nestle. She worked in the factory with Nestle. My mom did not graduate from high school. She had a 10th grade education, and she raised nine children on her own. But she remembered as she was leaving the workforce that she desired to have three things happen. 
She had three dreams. She wanted all of her kids to graduate. All nine of us did, praise the Lord. She wanted to buy a car, brand new car, cash money. She was able to do that. And her last dream was to buy our home, to buy our childhood home in, 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 in the urban setting. Or some of you would say the inner city. Some of you would say the ghetto in Cleveland. Those were her three dreams. Kids graduate, buy a brand new car, buy the house. You guys with me? She was able to see all of us graduate. Praise the Lord. She then was able to fight and get her disability. <laughs> she was able to fight and eventually get her disability. And with that money from the disability, one of the first things this 10th grade, this 10th grader <laughs> was able to do was to go to the car dealership and say, here's the money for a brand new car. Now, some of you know you cannot pay for a car in one day. They will not take cash money one day. So they made her come back the next day to make sure that she actually had the money. Come on now. So she bought the car. But the last one is the one I want to preach to you now today about. I remember one time she pulled me to the side and she says, Cornell, I need you to know I'm doing everything I can to buy this house. And I'm like, why, mom? Like it was a great childhood place to grow up, but I hope that someday you can get out of this place. She's like, you don't understand. Listen to these words. She says, I see something coming that no one else sees. I was like, wait a minute, lady. What are you talking about? She's like, I've got to buy this house no matter what it takes. I've got to buy this house because something is coming that most people don't see. This is the early 90s. I want to tell you this. In the early 90s, the Cleveland Clinic Foundation the second-rated hospital in all of America just began to build their buildings five minutes away from where I grew up. Cleveland Clinic today is one of the leading hospitals in all the country, and now it takes up blocks and blocks and blocks of the east side of our city and really has spread out all over the region. I'm saying that because in the early 90s, nobody saw it coming, but my mom did. So she rushed and was able to get enough money to buy our house. Can you throw up the picture? This is our house, the house that I grew up in. You hear me reference this house all over the, all the time. People all across the world hear me reference this place. 6015 Quimby Avenue in Cleveland, Ohio, 44103. She bought this house, and guess what? She bought this house for $56,000. Everything she had. You're like, well, why does that matter? Stay with me, bro. I'm going to put this thing in the, in the oven. When it comes out, I'm telling you, you're going to want to slice. She had a dream because she was able to see something that nobody else in the community could see. She said, I have to be able to buy this house, not just for me, but for you and for your brothers and sisters down the line. And she did everything she could to buy it, and she purchased it. So she, once she purchased it, she was able to see all of her kids graduate, buy a brand new car, and buy her own house on a 10th grade education. Two years later, unfortunately, she passed away. I say that because as she was passing away, something started happening in our neighborhood. All of a sudden, Cleveland Clinic's influence on our community started to change the community. These $50,000 houses started being <laughs> bumped up next to these 
incredible houses. So about a week or so, uh, a week or so ago, my daughter was up in Cleveland. I said, I'm going to be sharing. And I want you to take photos of my old neighborhood. You ever drove back around your neighborhood? Some of you are like, it's not like the old neighborhood. I can tell you right now, my neighborhood is not like what I grew up with. Can we go to the next picture of my house? This is the front view. We used to hang out on that porch. Thousands of people used to be at my house. My mom was just legendary. She taught every single person on our street how to drive. Literally about 50 people, she taught them how to drive. We would have these insane backyard parties where kids can come and just enjoy just time just with one another. She was just legendary. She, I mean, she did things that were just incredible. When she passed away, her, the funeral procession of cars, there are more than 350 cars in her funeral procession. A 10th grade education. And she had these dreams that she was able to capture. She was able to see something that we weren't able to see. And as Cleveland Clinic was moving into the area, Cleveland Clinic is the clinic. It's actually a hospital. And where there's hospitals, there's doctors. And doctors wanted to live closer to where they worked. And so they started building these incredible houses. And I want to show you some of them. Watch this. Go to the next one. Watch this one. Look at that house. Stay right there, Jim. This is right in my own community, like today. Go to the next one. Look at the next one. Look at that house. Isn't that beautiful? That's like around the corner. Come on now, right? Right? Go to the next one. Watch this. Look at that. Isn't that beautiful? I don't know. When you, when you, I don't know about you, but when I see these houses, I'm like, that is not Detroit. Come on now. I'm just trying to get that Cleveland, Detroit. You get it. That's not Detroit. Because there's some places in Detroit y'all won't go. I don't see nobody saying it. Come on, right? Watch this. Go ahead and hit me. Watch this. These houses. Look at these houses. Let's go to the next one. Watch this. All right, look at that. Isn't that beautiful? I mean, that's like, some of you got this kind of house. You're like, that's like my house. <laughs> Praise the Lord for you. <laughs> right? <laughs> these houses, stay right there, champ. These houses are sitting right up next to my mom's $56,000 house. This house right there, when I went to Zillow to look this house up, this house was something like $175,000 in the ghetto. Can I say that in this place? All right. Go to the next one. <laughs> Isn't that beautiful? These are some beautiful houses. When my wife and I were going over this thing, we are like, man, Lord, someday you're going to really hook a brother up. Come on now. <laughs> By faith. Come on now. Go ahead and hit me. In Jesus' name. I want you to see these incredible houses. Go ahead and hit me for the next one. I want you to see this one. This one is, this, this one and the next couple ones are right behind my elementary school. Where I went to elementary school. This one. Go to the next one. I love this one. That stone. Isn't that beautiful? Like, man. Like, we could, ne we could never see this in our community when I was growing up. Ever. But I'm thankful that what I couldn't see, my mom could see. Watch this. What I couldn't believe, my mom was already believing. What I didn't have faith for, she had faith for. Watch this. Go ahead and hit me this next one. I love this one. Look at that one. This homeowner is smart, hiding their stuff behind all the trees. Come on now. 
Can you just see me just sneaking up? All these houses were built right after my mom purchased her house. And what started happening was those who didn't have the funds to buy their house, unfortunately, those houses were condemned and these new houses were built up. Now, I'm not the smartest. Listen, I don't have a lot of chips in my cookie. Come on now. But I know this, that if you put my mom's $56,000 house up next to a $200,000 house, guess what happens to my mom's house? The value of it goes up. Can I tell you something, beloved? See, 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 this is why I asked you to come out on a Sunday night. Because God is asking you to get around people who raise your value. People that are for you and not against you. God is asking you to get around those people that are for your good and not your calamity. God is telling you, bro, that it's time for your value to be raised. And the only way it can happen is if you get around those people with high moral character who are about something, who's going somewhere, and who's doing something. See, I don't know about y'all, but listen, if you're going to hang around with Cornell, you better give him some space because you might get hurt. Come on now. You see our worship? Come on now. I want to hang out with the worshipers. I want to be those who want to really get down with Jesus. That's what I'm trying to say. What does this mean? I want to just tell you this. This woman had the vision, had the, the passion, had the faith to believe for something she did not see. She just knew something was coming, and she jumped in early, went all in, and it changed the trajectory of our family. Watch this. Why do you say that? This last house I want you to see. Now, when my daughter, go ahead and hit me, when my daughter took a photo of this one, this house, <laughs> this house, it has like six bathrooms in it. Now, I'm telling y'all, a brother is like working with one and a half. Come on now. You know, I'm just, I'm just, okay, listen, this house, those other houses you, you were able to see, we're anywhere from 100 to maybe 225. This house, whole nother level. It's like 9,000 square feet. Now, you know, you're already computing how many feet you have in your house. Come on now. Right? I can tell you what I got in mind. It ain't 9,000. Come on now. 9,000 feet. When I looked it up on Zillow, how much they would sell it for. Y'all ready for this? Remember, keep in mind my mama's $56,000 house. This house is in the same community. It's nearly $800,000 in, let's say it like this, in inner city Detroit. If you were to move it out of inner city Detroit, you already know what the cost is. What are you saying tonight? I'm simply saying to you this. Go ahead and hit me. My mom was able to see what many in our community couldn't see. Change, progress, and something better was about to happen, and only early adopters would reap the early benefits. 
CCC. Here, Pastor Cornell, if you don't hear nothing else, jump in early on the plan of God. Jump in early with what he has for your life. Buy in. Sell everything. Get in on God's plan for your life early. Whatever God is doing in this church, be one of the ones who get in it early. Don't be a late starter. I can tell you right now, the second they started building these houses, people started coming to my mom's house asking if she would settle for triple the amount she sold it. Come on now. How wise was this lady to do that? Can I tell you something? I want to tell you what I believe. I believe we will see a day when the church will be full again. I believe there will be a day when we will see our sons and daughters prophesying, speaking the words of Jesus, loving the Lord like they've never done before. The time is coming when we will see marriages reconciled right in front of us. There's coming a time when we will see healings take place right in God's house. I believe it with everything in me. I believe there will be times when people will suffer from all kind of uh, addictions and chains, and those things will literally fall off in the presence of worshiping God. I believe that with everything in me. I don't always see those things happening on the regular, but I believe there's coming a day for it. And you want to know why I believe that, brother? I believe that because his word tells me. Watch what the word of God says. In 2 Timothy, watch this. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12, the New King James Version says this. For this reason, Paul says it like this. He says this. For this reason, I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. Listen to what he says. For I know whom I have believed. Paul said, this isn't about me. This is about the person that I believe in. Let me say something to somebody here. Your addiction is not about you. It's about the one you believe in. Your marriage is not about you. It's about the one who approved it as a covenant before himself. The challenge just that you have, it's really not even about you. It is about your God. It is about his word and his promises to you. He says this, for I know whom I have believed and I am persuaded, watch this, that he is able to keep what I have committed to him until that day. What are you saying in saying that, Cornell? I've given this to God. God has said, okay, and God's going to help me to do it. I've given it to God. God said it's okay, and he's going to help me. To do it. Can I tell you this? This also applies to your life just as well. Understand something, beloved. All Christ asks of you and me is to believe and have faith to see his promises come true. I want to ask you something, CCC. Do you believe the promises of God? When you sing, I know he is for me, do you really believe that? When you say, I really want my children to know Christ Jesus and have him as Savior of my life, are you really believing that? Are you, are you demonstrating that radical belief that though it's not in front of me yet, there's going to come a day when it will come true for me because of who God is? Let me say it another way. I know I've been asking for a healing, Lord. And although that healing ain't come right now, guess what? I know it's going to come because you said it will come. So I'm not going to put you in some proverbial box. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to wait on you, and it will come to pass.
I don't know who's in this place, but this message is for you. That if you have the faith enough to believe that God will do it, guess what? He will do it. His promises are for you. Some of you are like, man, I've been praying for my son and my daughter to come back to faith. There was a time they were at youth camp and they got filled with the baptism, but now they're far away from me. I'm telling you right now, you have to believe by faith that you're going to see them back in this place. Some of you are here like Cornell. My finances are in shambles. I don't know how I'm going to get my business back into, into the positive, back into the black. I'm telling you, God is saying, believe me for it and watch me do it. It's about faith. We don't see it with our natural eyes, but we have to see it through faith. Look at what the Word of God says. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. The Bible says this. We live by what we believe, not by what we can see. Did you get that? We live by what we believe, not by what we see. Not by what we see. I see a marriage struggling. But what I believe is that the covenant is under the covenant of Christ Jesus who shed his blood for us, and therefore I have hope. I told y'all this morning, our marriage was a mess the first three years. But by faith, my wife and I didn't want to go the route of our parents. My mom never was married, and her parents were divorced, and we just didn't want that for ourselves. And so we believe by faith that we could just continue to trust God and turn our own issues over to him that our marriage will get, get better. And I'm here to tell you, our marriage is stronger now than ever. Thank God. What are you saying today? Today, I want you to understand that if you have the faith, God will do it. Watch this. The same verse, different translation. Same verse, different translation. This is the easy reader version. It says this. We live by what we believe will happen. Mm. Did you hear that? Are you living by what you believe will happen? Listen to this. Not only what we can see. I want to talk to my brothers and sisters who are here because I love TC. I love TC. But you've got to see what nobody else has seen for yourself. You got to believe the breakthrough for yourself. You've been through it time and time again. You've been through this, you've been through this program and that program and that program. This time, I'm going to believe something that I don't see. So I believe for you, my friends, that there's going to come a day when I will be long behind you. Why? Not because it's just vain hope. It's not wishful thinking. It's because God has ordained that for you. You got to believe that for yourself. You got to trust what the word of God has told you. So the healing that is delayed shouldn't discourage you. The struggle that you're having shouldn't cause you to turn your back on God. It should cause you to lean in a little harder. It should cause you to press in a little longer. It should cause you to say, today, instead of me going to the ballpark, I'm just going to spend some time with Jesus. Two weeks ago, I was at a church much like this. And a young man had come with his mom the whole entire service. Worship, greeting time, even when I started preaching, this mom was wailing in the back. Just wailing in the back. Now, could you imagine us doing worship, us walking around greeting, and then me preaching, but there's some woman obscurely in the back wailing. And so it came to the point 
that it was time to pray. And the pastor leaned over to me and he said, come on over. And I came over. He says, that mom right there has a son who has been diagnosed with stage four cancer. And she's needing a miracle. You know what happened? I said, well, guess what? I believe God can heal him right now, right? Right now, today. And I asked the whole church to get up and surround that mom. To lay their hands on it. On her. And the second we started laying our hands on her, guess what? Her son had walked to the church. You got stage four cancer, bro. Come on now. You don't need to be walking. Come on. He walked to the church. And when he walked to the church, they were all surprised that he showed up. We started laying our hands on him. The next report I get is that he goes to the doctor and now that cancer is shrinking. We've got to believe for it. I can't see inside his body, but I can believe for him. I don't see all that God is doing on the outside, but I know God is working on the inside. We have to believe, even though you don't see it. There's even a song that we sing, even though I don't see that you're working. Come on now. Do you really know that and believe that, or is it just lyrics? Because for me, my mom taught me very, very quickly that she could see some things that I couldn't. So now I want to believe at a level that I didn't. What are you saying today? Can I wrap it up by telling you this? Listen, I want you to hear this. The same verse, another translation, of the voice says it like this. The path we walk is charted by faith. Come, come on now. Come on now. The path, listen, the path we walk is charted by faith, not by what we see with our eyes. See, there's something that faith does that your eyes can't do. There's something that faith does that your mind can't do. There's something that faith does that your heart and your hands can't do. Because true faith rests in the finished work of Jesus Christ. It rests on Jesus. And so instead of me, I just wish I had time. I heard pastors say earlier in our time together that you guys have been having these times of prayer and you've been learning on different strategies and stuff with prayer. Where there's strategies in the Old Testament where men and women of God prayed certain ways and God always answered them. Look at the way Moses paid. I double dog dare anybody in this place. Study how Moses prayed and watch what you see God do. So what I'm saying is this, there's a level of faith that causes God's hand to move. A, a student even told me today, in this very room, he says, that's one of my spiritual gifts, it's faith. I'm like, so you're seeing things happen. What are you saying today, Cornell? Can I wrap it up by telling you this? Listen, beloved, when you can't see it, you've got to have the faith to believe for it. Somebody should say amen. When you can't see it, you have to have the faith to believe for it. I couldn't see our marriage getting better. But I'm thankful that God gave me the faith to see it. And some of you, it ain't even about the negative. It's about the positive. Man, I see my son being on the mission field someday. That's Cornell Alacoste Jordan telling you that. I see my daughter marrying someone that actually respects her faith. I see the community that I serve 
with no, listen, in Youngstown on our side of the city, last year alone, there were seven homicides of children. Seven. How many of y'all know seven is way too many? One is way too many. So I see a future by faith where that will never be the case. What are you saying today? I'm here to tell you in our last, in our last time together, listen to what Hebrews 11:1 1 says. What is faith? It is the confident assurance that something we want is going to happen. I'm on somebody. It is the confident assurance that something we want is going to happen. It is the certainty that what we hope for is waiting for us even though we cannot see it up ahead. Y'all got that? I love that. I don't see it, but I know it's happening. Can I tell you this? In Jesus' name, can I tell you this? Let me give you a couple quick hitters real quick. Go ahead and write this in your notes. Hear this, beloved. You need the reckless faith of Bartimaeus because today Christ Jesus is headed your way. Bartimaeus couldn't see. He heard of Jesus and he had the faith to be able to ask him. Jesus says, what is it that you want? He says, I want to see. How many times do you think Bartimaeus rehearsed that line? So that when the opportunity came, it happened. That's the kind of faith we need. Listen, you need the reckless faith of Bartimaeus because today Christ Jesus is headed your way. Can I tell you this? You got to believe like the centurion that knew all Jesus needed to do. The word of God says, he said, just say the word and my servant will be healed. He said, I don't even have to see it. I don't even have to walk with you. You don't even have to go there. Just say the word. That's the kind of faith I'm talking about tonight, to believe it, even though it's not even there yet. Your dreams, your careers, your families, we got to believe it because that's the kind of faith we have in Jesus. That the same God that said, I'm going to die on the cross and be raised in three days, he actually did it. Because he did it, that gives me hope to know that he can do it for me. What are you saying tonight, Cornell? Can I tell you this? You may need to wait on it like Simeon did. So don't lose heart when it doesn't happen in your timing. Come on now. Simeon, the Bible says, was waiting for the consolation of Israel. And when Jesus was born, the Bible records him holding and looking at the Son of God. Can you imagine the relief that came over his body when he realized what he was waiting for all those years came to pass? What are you saying tonight, Cornell? I'm simply saying to you this. It's time for us to believe for it. So I'm going to ask you three questions, and then I'm going to play a song that really has touched my heart. I'm going to play it, and I'm going to give you some time to think through because I'm going to ask you to help me tonight. I'm going to ask you to help me tonight. Tonight, let's wrap up by doing this, these three things. Write these in your notes. You may not see. Can you go ahead and hit me number one? You may not see your dreams coming to pass, but you need to believe for it. You may not see it happening right now, but you need to believe for it. I said to myself, brother, uh, I, was, I said to myself, when I got out of college, 
when I stepped out of college to go to ministry, I think I was like 20, I think I was like 23 or something crazy like that. I said, Lord, someday I want to be ordained. Maybe when I'm 32. <laughs> it didn't happen when I was 32. Thank God it happened, though. Y'all get that? It didn't happen when I wanted it to happen, but it happened. See, some of y'all are like, I want my marriage fixed right now. I want my banking statement positive right now. The point is that it will get there. Can I just tell you this? We got to believe for it. Number two, watch this. You may not see your prayers being answered, but you got to believe for it. Do you have the faith to believe for it? I'm talking real deal faith like Cornell. You don't understand. Like some of the folks who were so nice to me came up to me just the first day, Saturday night. Last night, they're like, Cornell, you understand. Last year you prayed this, and this happened. Thank you for sharing those stories because I don't ever get the end of them. They believe, and it happened. They believe, and God started working. They believe, and God said, let me show them just how marvelous I am. Number three, and then I want you to get ready, okay, in Jesus' name. Number three, you may not see your life being where you want it right now, but believe for it. Sisters, my sisters, your life may not be where you want to be right now, but you can believe for what will be someday. In Jesus' name. That, oh, come on, thank you, oh, come on. The Holy Spirit is just saying a million things to me right now. You may have thought you couldn't have children. But you can believe for it. I was in the presence of a friend earlier this week, and she said, Cornell, for years we couldn't have children. We just kept praying because we knew God had that for our family. She says, thank God now we have three children. You got to believe for it. I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. Will you bow your heads? And I'm going to play a song. I just want you to listen to the lyrics. And after we play that song, I'm going to give you some instructions. Some of you may know this song because y'all like that. Others of you, this may be new to you. And that's fine. I simply want you to listen to the lyrics. Can we do that? I know this is awkward. I know it's strange. But let's do it anyways. Can we do that? Can you turn that up? Let's go. Listen, listen. We've heard that there is no way through. Jeez. Yeah, you turn it We've up, heard the tide will never change. Listen, listen. They haven't seen what you can They haven't do. seen what you can do. There is power, power in, in your, name. your name. So much power. So much power in your name. Listen to this, listen, listen. Move Thank you, Jesus. Break me, Come on now. God, we be 
Come on God, now. Jesus' name, what do you believe in God for? We know that hope is never lost. Hope is never lost. Oh, for there is still an empty grave. The grave is the proof. God, we believe no matter what. We believe no matter what. There is power. There's power. In supernatural God honoring power. So much power. So much power in your name. So this is what I'm asking. Move the unmovable. Break the unbreakable. God, I believe. I believe for it. From for my son, for my daughter, for my brothers and sisters who don't know you. I'm believing you for them. That's what I'm doing, Lord. I don't see it right now, but I know it's going to happen in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, Lord God. Thank you, Father. You are the way when it seems to be no way. We trust in you because you have the final word. Come on. You are the way when it seems to be no way. Thank you, Lord God. Come on. You are the way. Come on, Lord. I'm saying it. I believe it. Everything in my little body believes it. Come on. Listen, y'all. Move it, God. Break it, God. I believe. I believe, Lord. I'm believing for my son. I'm believing for my daughter. I'm believing for Youngstown. I'm believing for Midland. I'm believing for this state. I'm believing for our country. Come on now. I'm believing for Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus. I believe for God. From the impossible. I'm waiting to tell my miracle. I believe in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen to this. In Jesus' name. Just hold on one second. What do you believe in God for tonight? CCC, what are you believing God for? What is it? Pastor. What do you, you said, Come on now. I believe. You said, I believe. You said. You said, listen to this. It, it is done. done. <laughs> you Come on. Said, you said. I believe. I believe. Mm. You said. That is the gospel message to believe. Come Can on. you help me sing? You said. I believe. I believe. You said, you said, it is done. It is done. You said, you said, I believe.
seem a little awkward tonight. I'm going to ask the elders if they would come and join me up front. I want some serious prayer. Serious prayer tonight. This is how I'm going to ask you to do this. Just by a show of hands, how many of you are believing God for some things in this place? How many of you are believing God? You're like, no, no, straight up, Cornell. You don't understand, I'm really needing him to get me that scholarship. I'm really believing him to, to settle this issue. Come on, I, like, how many of you really believe in? I, I can always tell you what I'm believing. I'm believing every single day for my son and daughter to have a legacy and a heritage of faith that outlasts their mama and their daddy. That's what I'm believing for. I'm believing for every one of my brothers and sisters to know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. I'm believing that Metro Assembly, someday we will, I believe by faith, we will be able to support every missionary in the Ohio Ministry Network and beyond. I'm just believing that. I don't see it right now, but it's going to happen. I'm believing it for the grandchildren that someday will come. I'm believing it for the healing of those that I know. I'm believing it for the countless number of guys who I have its accountability partners to see addiction broken in their lives. I'm believing God for a lot of stuff. So I want to ask you to do me a favor. In just a second, we're going to turn on that music again. And I want to ask you to do me a favor. The elders are here to pray with you. If you want them to pray for you, I'm going to ask you to do one thing. Grab a sheet of paper and I want you to grab one of these pens. I think the pens are here. And I want you to write down what you're believing God for. You know, well, why I got to write it down? Because I've found in my life, when I write it down and it's run in front of me, I can always remember it and keep it in front of God. 
and I can go back to this and say, on that day, in this service, this is what God did. Thank you for listening. You know, we believe God has something amazing in store for you today. And now is the perfect time to take a few moments and pray about what you just heard. If this message spoke to you, we would love to hear about it. Send us an email to office at cccmidland.com or connect with us on your favorite social media at cccmidland.com.